Your reputation precedes you. I have to admit, I wasn't expecting an invitation back. They're called orders, Maverick. Justice for Anthony Edwards. And we're back. Welcome once again to another episode of Mike, Mike, and Oscar. I am your co-host. I, I should say special guest host at this rate. Uh, Mike One as the uh, the OG host, the guy that's been holding this ship down for the last week or so and doing a beautiful job of it. Also, Mike is here. Uh, and unfortunately, Mike, we're going to reconcile and reunite and hug. And then we're going to, it seems like, be at each other's throats as we review Top Gun Maverick for this episode. As we both say this is a great movie, but I have to say it's greater and you <laughs> have to disagree vehemently it's number 52 on imdb's top 250 list right now <laughs> i think this is the perfect movie to come back to i think this is the perfect movie to uh to just br- just throw you back into the deep end of the pool uh with right now i'm, I'm glad we're here i can't believe we have a huge argument on our hands uh, well, but it's, it- it's 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 the argument of semantics like you're right we both do think this is a great movie but the degree of great is going to divide us much like moses parting the but sea. look I think it's I think it's the argument in the trades right now. It's the argument I'm hearing on a lot of pods because mm-hmm. I think everybody accepts this as a really strong film. Okay. It's the question of degree, like you said. I mean, is this a best picture candidate? Is this a a five plus Oscar nominee? You say nay, I say yay. Let's go. <sighs> <laughs> this is going to be something. Uh, yeah, this is an Oscars profile for Top Gun Maverick. If you've not joined us yet, uh, for every Oscars profile, we give you two reviews for the price of one. So the first half of this episode, as all Oscars profile episodes will be, is a non-spoiler review. We get into the performances. We talk about the Oscars categories. We give an over-under, all the peripheries of the film and its statistics therein. If you want our takes on what happens within the plot, uh, we have the second half of all these episodes are spoiler-filled. So we will not spoil the movie Top Gun Maverick for you you until you get to the second half of this episode or until you watch Top Gun 86. And that's where this conversation is going to go, Mike. Where do you want to start and talk about non-spoiler things having to do with Top Gun Maverick? Well, we did most of the previewing already, so we're going to... I'll hearken you guys back to the cast and crew and we'll talk through them and and their achievements and and whatnot. But I think we got to start with the box office because this is a huge smash hit. We have $315 earned worldwide up till now when we're recording this on uh, Wednesday, but I think those are Tuesday's numbers. Uh, 176 domestically, 139 worldwide. It set records for the four-day and three-day Memorial Day weekends. The four-day was 156. The three-day was 126. And both grosses are career records for Tom Cruise openings internationally it did uh, an additional 126 last weekend for a, a 282 worldwide gross on a 170 million dollar budget so the budget is huge but the receipts are huge as well the, the i mean independent of what that means for movie theaters and the state of movies in general and covid and all that i was shocked to learn that tom cruise never had a hundred million dollar opening domestically scott mance had the tweet that was on top of it that was the first place i saw it but he said the previous high for tom cruise opening was war of the worlds which was 65 million mission impossible has never opened at a hundred million it's never opened at 70 million it's pretty shocking that's crazy to me is he the chris paul of movie stars who is he like well i mean that well that's you know how did he why? <laughs> How did he get to this stature? <laughs> you know, I mean, 65 is a huge number, obviously, for 2002 or whatever that year was. But, like, man, that's surprising to learn. At least it was for me. 
He's a movie star that's driven a lot of projects on his movie stardom. And you could, you know, look bad at, back at his consistency for the most part. But he's also had, like, these hits that have reverberated throughout the decades, like a Top Gun one from mm-hmm. 1986 so we talked about how that was a huge smash hit on vhs and then dvd and then blu-ray just making ridiculous numbers from the dash numbers website mike that you know you can find all these receipts uh, mm-hmm. out uh, you know from so it, this guy has legs he has staying power a lot of his movies have legs at the box office i think uh, i heard somewhere that Paramount's going to leave Top Gun Maverick in theaters exclusively for something like around 100 days. You, as you got to see this in theaters. You have yeah. to see this movie in theaters. Yeah. I mean, maybe not an IMAX. Maybe you don't, have, you, know, you don't have to. You get an experience. But the experience between the home viewings of this movie and like, seeing it on a big screen, you got to go to theaters here. So, all right. Plot premise. We probably could skip that, too, because everybody knows what this is. But expectations. It's Top Gun. Yeah, yeah, expectations. And it is Top Gun. I agree. This is like the reboot quill. This is the requill yes. from Scream. Absolutely. We all know this. Um, look, my my expectations have been rising, but I think we got to harken back to the, our, our, our Top Gun retrospective. I love the original for its Americana, for my nostalgia of it. You do not. You had quite a lot of disdain for the original on many levels, and yet, you know, you, you humored me in that uh, Ooh, rewatch. I also- I also came to it with twenty twenty two eyes. Right. I, I mean, I'm Which in the minority. Probably the correct reading. <laughs> well, sh- sure, but I'm in the mi- like that. Was it doesn't hold a special place in my heart as it does for millions of other people, which is part of the reason why this box office is so spectacular for this movie. So, I guess my question for you here is: Why did you believe all the hype? Because I w- I still did the thing where I lowered my expectations right up until the watch. Like, yes, I was excited. Yes, I couldn't deny any of that. I made you do the rewatch. <laughs> I roped you into that. But I, I knew in my my heart that, all right, this is never going to be what I hope it could be. And I, I literally negged myself before going into it. And I was, you know, thoroughly happy for it to have exceeded my expectations and to have, in my brain, lived up to the hype. Why did you believe the hype going in, though? Just a lot of people I trusted, and you didn't hear a negative word about it. Yeah. I still haven't heard it. I mean, my review is not going to be negative about the movie at all. Right. It's it's going to be more negative about its reception more than anything. But, uh, you know, it's it's just more so the inundation, the overflow of information that I was able to catch on it when I was able to catch anything on it. Not that I was online that much, you know, this week, but it was just a lot of positive and positivity out there. So there's a lot of positivity that was out there, plus it also kind of agreed with our positivity. Maybe that's it? Could be, yeah. (laughs) Because we also were on the (laughs) record. So it was confirmation bias to a a spectacular degree. Uh, But yeah, I mean... Well, you were were on this early. You were sure that... I mean, you were very excited. I had no interest in Top Gun Maverick, and you were sure it was going to be a big deal, and you were like very excited for it, and it proved to be uh, true for you and right for you. I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled. This whole episode is going to be me being thrilled, and uh, I appreciate you uh, just being my talking receipt throughout this uh-huh. episode. But look, I mean, everybody loved it, though. Like, critics loved it. 78 meta score, 96% on Rotten Tomatoes when I wrote this episode. Uh, uh, audience reception, A-plus as a cinema score. That's fairly rare. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, 99% audience score on 5K-plus votes, 87 on IMDb on 73K votes back at I'm about to retire putting any stock into IMDb's anything anymore. <laughs> All right. Yeah, maybe. But Is this the 52nd best movie ever made? Uh, it, it's very good. I don't know if I can rank it there. But look at Mike. 
the movie watching experience is a joy. And it was yes. a joy in both of my theaters. I've seen it twice. There was applause at the end of the first night. I tried to deny myself initially, and then I just clapped like Orson <laughs> Welles. I couldn't help it. The second time, I actually did deny myself because I went with my my father and my brother Daniel. Also, Dad and Daniel were like they were fist pumping, but they weren't necessarily clapping along with all the all the normies. Like as I call no, I look. I did hold myself back, but I just kind of walked out on my second viewing. But I'm a little ashamed of myself. I should have joined in, just allowed myself to, to live and to love and to be happier, I think. And to laugh, maybe. You should put that on a poster somewhere. <laughs> uh, I, I the, the crowd was big. I didn't. I was expecting applause at the end. I didn't have any applause really? at the end Really? Where'd you show. go? Did yeah. you go to T-Rumble? Yeah, yeah. I went there. Uh, actually took mom back to the scene of the crime. Oh, good. Uh, she got back there. That's <laughs> yeah. excellent. I'm thrilled. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> and thank you. By the way, we got a couple of emails from people. That was very Did nice. Did Maggie Smith mm. curse her? <laughs> I will never see a Downton movie ever again. Uh, that's in stone. I'm sorry to also mom for that, but right. that's a different story for a different day. Crimes but, of the uh, Future will be their ne- next movie date then? That's what we have to yeah, do to right. break the hex? Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, but no, it was a good experience. This experience, I was going to say save this quote for the end though but to me and this hit my expectation of what i was expecting from the movie too which is why all this best picture talk bewilders me i left this theater and this movie is best personified by the fact that there was a guy who served in the armed forces who was in a t-shirt and dad shorts maybe in like his mid-60s gray hair wearing a uh, u.s navy cap you could tell he had served and he was sitting there at the end of it and he turned to his wife and he was so excited and like over overjoyed with how the movie was he goes i already can't wait for the dvd and that guy saying i can't wait for the dvd in 2022 is the person of Top Gun Maverick for me. Mike, I'm going to write you something like a character in <laughs> the movie wrote uh, to the other character. I wrote Just Let Go. And I, it's time to let go, as I think was the, uh-huh. the actual writing. Just right. let him have it. I Just have, let like, that's the fine. I have, Listen, I have no problem with that guy saying that thing about this movie. Let the boomers have it. Let the uncles have it. This is the greatest <laughs> uncle movie but ever made. But a best made. picture movie does that let, not make. Let him have it. It doesn't ha- Every best picture nominee... Doesn't have to be the cool kid movie. It could be the everyone movie. But all right, we're we're gonna we're getting there. I don't want to bury the lead, but I do think this movie should be a best picture nominee. And I I yeah, show me ten better movies. Show me ten better. What's a better movie in the last three years? Well, one? there's the argument, right? And it's how do how do you judge best picture? And I go back and forth with this all the time. I mean, do you have do I have ten movies that I put over this right now, even for best picture from 2022? No, obviously not. For the last three years, do you have ten better movies? Probably not. I do not. I'm, that's me being honest. Yeah. This is going to be my highest grade since 2019. I have, I, yeah, I have some that can compete, but pro- I, you know, probably not ten that are definitely. You know, you wouldn't be able to say these are definitely better than this in but the I, pandemic era. Look, I, I think where we come at movies sometimes is like film critics and film critics, and not not just film critics, but film critics who have been watching movies for what seems like centuries, Mm -hmm. we have seen most movies, literally. So we want some innovation. We want some... We want some goods delivered that we've never seen before. Now, I do think this movie gives us some of that with putting you in the cockpit. I think that's unique, right? Sure. Regardless, and we're going to talk about the Special Achievement Oscar, etc. But I do think they just crushed this movie 
on all of the traditional levels. And I do think that's an achievement. Like, this is a blockbuster that just works through and through, in my opinion. Man. <laughs> it does work, obviously, but it's... Look, this is Top Gun, man. Like, this is Top Gun 86 with a bigger budget and better cameras. And yeah, I also the innovative think it's stuff, a better script, though, as we get into some oh, script balls. It's, it's a so better script. Look, look, it's a better script because of the last half hour, which is innovative and new, and it's the only part where Tom Cruise is out of the plane. I, <laughs> so, well, I disagree, and I'm going to explain myself in spoilers, and this is where our argument started. But I, I would... I feel that Act 1 and Act 2 are very are structured very differently even though I will say they mimic the same tempo and they mimic the same goods delivered. I just think in this movie they actually structure a story and they have a structure unlike the last one. They have a through line to this story which is the mission. The mission of the last movie was not the th- the story structure. Correct. The last movie it was the pissing contest between characters. Correct. This, this time we have the rivalries or pissing contests actually work around the mission structure and the mission has like you know they have tests a b c and d and we actually have sequences testing these pilots on a through d and i love that that story structure works with interweaving the b story of uh jennifer Connolly and then the c story of you know, or the B story of him and Rooster, and then the C story of of Jennifer Connelly. So I Kinda feel like, like the B they, story of him and Goose, and the C story of him and the love interest from Top Gun '86. Like, which it, you're not is wrong. Not structured around the mission, and you're not wrong. Okay, no, but also within the mission is the pissing contest that all of Top Gun '86 was. The pissing contest. <laughs> we got to come up with different vocabulary, but the, <laughs> I just thought it was inverted. It's kind of like how the it is inverted. That's but it's that the convention. That's right, but <laughs> it's better this way, right? Because now at least I can follow a coherent mission, a coherent plot. Whereas in the it, last okay, time, if that's enough of a difference for you, then yeah, <laughs> like, I'm, I don't know how. I'm not trying to be a a, a, a d word here, but like it's it's this. It's the same. It's the same. It's the same characterization of the characters. It's the no, same No, it's story different characterization. Oh, ca- my God. The characters, they're, they're but I'm going to get into that okay, with they're the switched. Theme. The two main characters are switched. There's well, a great innovation of but this. I think this time they execute it. And last time they were soulless and evil, and it was about American exceptionalism. And this movie isn't about American exceptionalism to you. This movie actually, which has, isn't why. No, but this I, movie I, actually I, I, has, even if it is, wait, 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 wait. even if it is, even if it is, because now I'm getting into minutia. Even if it is, I don't have a problem with that. This isn't my like, you know, whatever you call it, uh, uh, social democracy stance here that I usually take. That's not what I'm right. getting at here. Like, I'm just saying it's the same thing. It's not that all that different. It's not all from that Top different. Gun I'm not going to pretend 86. like it's all that different, but. By inverting some story structures, by inverting some character roles in this movie, it's a much cleaner, smoother, you know, job in terms of executing a, a blockbuster. Where I also, like I was just saying, I also think this is a healthier story thematically. I think this is about different things other than just saying, "Hey, Maverick, you be Maverick, and we'll double down even when things go." terribly wrong to the point where people die horrible deaths 
you just be maverick and that's and that's a win and then we'll ultimately win as americans because you're america and america wins again that I was just the last finished movie. season four of mad men by the way so i could not be more team john ham in this right now mentally you're so, probably right to be john ham just in general <laughs> and to, to right. agree with him i can't wait till that fletch movie comes out but look at i think i think this is a shocking execution at the end of the day because mike if you told me this many chefs are in the kitchen. I mean, we have Aaron Kruger of Scream 3, The Ring. We have Eric uh, Warren Singer. We have Christopher McQuarrie. Those are the three screenplay by credits. We have Peter Craig and Justin Marks from Bad Boys for Life and Jungle Book. Those are five hands that this script mm-hmm. changed, right? We have all these hugely influential producers, Jerry Bruckheimer, David Ellison, and then we have Cruz and McQuarrie. We have a director in Joseph Kaczynski. We have an editor in Eddie Hamilton who worked a ton with McQuarrie and uh, all the Matthew Vaughn movies. I mean, we have this litany of people, almost like an MCU movie, which is what I've heard the comparison uh, be most of all. Like, this seems like a factory production where who's been in charge? Is, was Tom Cruise in charge all along and this one just hit all of his marks, all of his beats? I need to know more about the production story. I need to know more about the script handling, too. I tried doing some quick research just in preparation of this episode. I couldn't find anything, so if anyone has I couldn't anything either. out there... Like, who had yeah, the script our first? Way. Who had the script right. last? I, but, I think... Just a quick theory was that uh, Peter Craig and Justin Marks had it first. They kind of came up with some story structures about, you know. It's what I would assume, yeah, from how the credits are But they wrote this whole, like, special forces mission for crews, I think. And they went away from that. They wrote, like, more of a literal Mission Impossible. And then I think Kruger and Singer kind of brought it back but i don't know if they had it before mcquarrie or mcquarrie had it before them but i do know that kaczynski was on set during fallout him and mcquarrie and everybody Mm -hmm. were talking about top gun maverick during the production of mission impossible fallout where some very influential story meetings took place and we also know the background of some of these characters that are involved and how they've been able to pull out stuff in the past. Like Aaron Kruger, we talked about during MMO Screams. Yeah. We know he's he's a guy that's proven when it comes to getting something coherent out of what sounds like just a mess of a backstory in a production process and a screenwriting process. Christopher McQuarrie obviously is proven when it comes to writing for these big Tom Cruise action movies. And Warren Singer has experience in writing for Kaczynski uh, on his resume already. So it, it's kind of cool to see all these forces come together and get something that is as coherent and as well done and polished as this was. I agree. It's, it's pretty impressive. Is Aaron Kruger the Ray Donovan of the screenwriting? He might be. I don't know. He, I, I, he seems too laid back in the interviews I've seen with him for as much as he comes on and the craziness he must have had to deal with in some of these productions. But he's Mr. Fix-It, and he's Mr. Fix-It yeah. in all these tumultuous projects from you know Transformers <laughs> however many sequels to Dumbo, which was a train wreck and a mess, to obviously Scream 3, where we started our coverage of his career. So, yeah, this was, if you, if I had seen the production list, you know, the the IMDb cast list, if I really looked into that, or the crew list, I would not have expected good things at all. Like, this is almost a Rogue One level achievement after the fact, like I said, well, all the chefs in the kitchen, too many chefs. There also was... I don't know, you know, I'm not going to say this was 
in production for 36 years, but there had to have been at least a decade of lead up to this where the, you know, script ideas were tossed yeah. around and hammered out and brought to crews and range, range and rearranged and re rearranged and all that. And I think it kind of worked out in a sense that, yeah, modern warfare has gone to such a level that, but it's not, it's, we're not, you know, in the robots are basically the military point yet. We're getting there. Mm-hmm. But like if drones were more advanced, We'd be there, but like they do mention drones in this movie. They do mention where you know armed conflict is going. But I thought that was going to be the movie. Quite frankly, right. to me, that's a you know I that's fascinating. If they could have written written that, maybe it's too difficult. But, but it works. It works out perfectly in terms of your boomer boomer hero story, right? <laughs> I I guess. <laughs> but look, I do think the the B story between Maverick and Rooster. Colliding. I mean, maybe you call that the A story, you call Penny story, the B story, but whatever. You have the framework, you have the spine of the mission. And, and I do think the last movie was inverted in that sense. You even have characters that are inverted. Like, like Hangman is in the Iceman persona, but he's actually but he's Maverick. Maverick's mindset. Yeah, he's yeah. actually Maverick. And Rooster right. is Iceman, but he's in the right. Maverick persona, mm-hmm. which is fun. I appreciated that. I, I didn't think it was, <laughs> you know. Again, they're not they're not reinventing the wheel here, but it's just- they should have. Rooster, by the way, his name should have been Gander. His call sign. I don't know how his call sign isn't Gander. What are our call signs? Is the question. <laughs> Dead meat. <laughs> Dead or meat? I don't have a quick enough answer for that right now. <laughs> Terminal velocity. <laughs> it's too long. All right. Uh, <laughs> if it's not go- goose, we're pigeon. <laughs> Bird shit. Pigeon and chicken. Bird shit. Uh, look, I I think the military porn is is there, but in terms of like going all hog on the glorification of the military, I think I think it's. It's more tastefully done, I will say. At least it's more, ins- maybe it's more insidious, <laughs> you know, because it's more polished. There is a giant American flag as the backdrop for this Top Gun flight training school. Yeah. No, there, so there. it's not hidden. It's I not hidden. Say. No, I, I'll give you that. Uh, but to that extent, I, they, there was a, an article in the Washington Post by uh, Colonel Glenn Roberts, who heads the Department of Defense Entertainment Media Office, and he talks about how all this stuff is available for different uh, studios to get in contact with them, and it's, you know, the discount that our uh, military offers these studios to use these real settings and real equipment and real planes and stuff like that. It's really a a quite fascinating read, but I think when you have... He also talks about how he stays hands-off with the script and the script writing process, even though historically the entertainment uh, media group there has changed some things historically with other scripts, but you get the sense that it's tough to write anything other than a positive military piece when you're using the actual equipment and the bases themselves and all that so it's understandable i guess where i'm going with this point though is the last film was underwritten by the military and not like you know not written enough that's not what i mean literally like an underwriter uh you had the military nixing plot lines and i think that really took a lot of the plot away from the original top gun i think there was a mission that was supposed to be through it and they cut it out because the military was like we're not helping you make the movie if you do this so 
this film seemed like the military was on board from the jump. It seemed like they accentuated all the things that worked in the first movie. They built a plot around those goodies, and they gave us a coherent storyline with with actual themes that doesn't that don't seem like the start of the next stock market crash right the causes like last movie we called jokingly we called him uh pete hubris mitchell because (laughs) again it was just doubling down on his hubris he didn't Mm -hmm. learn shit in top gun one (laughs) but he he learns a lot this time is your point i do think he learns a lot this (laughs) time. thank you 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 made my point i Uh, don't know that i agree with that but go ahead (laughs) all right well how about his performance tom cruise he has a couple of oscar real scenes and i'm not saying give him the best act uh, actor oscar but nominate him i'm saying that Tomorrow. Good just God, Mike. Just do what, <laughs> do what Scott Feinberg says. Nominate him tomorrow. We know that he's nominated going in. Boom. Ten million, ten million performance views. gets nominated, and Tony Collette's and Hereditary Academy. Doesn't. Here is my point. You ready, Academy? <laughs> if you nominate Tom Cruise for Top Gun, <sighs> at least a small percentage of the dads who went to the movies to see Top Gun, who are going to buy that DVD and Blu-ray, mm, they will yeah. watch the Oscars rooting for Tom Cruise from well, Top that's, Gun. Yeah, I mean, look, if there's one one segment of the audience, the Academy definitely needs to rope in more. It's the elder white segment. I am jumping out the window <laughs> naked here. But no, I'm saying, I'm saying you should nominate him for just ratings appeasance or whatever, just pandering to the... Just yeah. give him the honorary Oscar. No, you, he should not be nominated. No, for I, don't, I, I honestly agree with you. I'm just trying to get your goal ready. <laughs> I'm trying uh, so hard to keep my <laughs> goal. Like you. Uh, Miles, Miles Teller, were you surprised that the sex symbol of the weekend, the the guy that everybody's been fawning over after this, the guy that might bring the mustache back is Bradley Bradshaw, <laughs> <laughs> What a name. a.k.a. Rooster Miles Teller? Is this like Miles Teller's third introductory breakout performance role? Yes. Maybe fourth or fifth. Right. Like, I feel like he keeps getting introduced in these high-profile roles that are supposed to be his big... And this one feels... Unlike some of the other ones, like the Fantastic Four one is the one that's sticking in my mind, for example. This one feels like, okay, now we're in the Miles Teller era because... I don't know how he did it. I've never seen a guy... Play another character who already exists, who wasn't that character previously in a movie, mm-hmm. and just absorb that character's essence so much without physically changing his appearance or physically, like, like prosthetics or makeup or anything like that. Like, Anthony Edwards deserves a royalty check from either <laughs> the, the the plot of this movie right. or from Miles Teller physically taking the essence of Anthony Edwards and becoming Goose. I loved it. I loved it. I thought it was. He looked just like him. It was crazy. I just think this movie knew, uh, and these this cast and crew they knew what worked, right? They knew what worked last time, and they hit all those notes, and they hit him even better this time. And yeah, he brought the mustache back. Yeah, his name is as funny as Julia Gulia. His code name (laughs) is, is is Rooster. Like you can't have the reboot. Be Matt, be Top Gun Rooster. <laughs> it should have been Gander. I will stand by. I will die on that hill. They should have named him Gander. I mean, Top Gun Hangman, maybe. I, don't I like know. Hangman. And by the way, that guy, Glenn Powell. Yeah. Just give him an eight deal, eight picture deal for anything right now. What that Mar- guy's going to be a stud. Yeah. What superhero is he going to play yeah. next? I mean, he's got to be Lord. top of every list now. Uh, Jennifer Connelly, 
one of the most beautiful people on the planet. It's it's just like depressing mm-hmm. how hot she still is. Was she in the first movie? Was that character? I mean, it was treated as someone who we were supposed to know, but I did not recall. Her I at had all. to look it up. Truthfully, I had to look it up. Goose, and everybody agrees about this now. Okay. Goose references an admiral's daughter that Maverick went out with and actually got the brass. You know, the the people in charge turned against him in the first Top Gun movie. Uh, she was the daughter. Penny was. The, so they have a long history, apparently. Uh, How is this fucking guy allowed to be in the Navy? <laughs> he should have got kicked out a hundred times. And yeah, if you listen to recent activity, the funniest thing about this is that the the guy. Uh, I forget. Uh, forgive me, guys. I don't. I don't remember if it was Shane. Shane uh, or, or I forget who said it, but he said if you're in the same rank for like however many years they will just phase you out. You'll be kicked out of the military. You can't stay the same. You can't stay a captain for 30 years, period. (laughs) Right. Right. Or become the greatest boomer who ever lived. That's that's right. Uh, I just thought juicy fun roles, Ed Harris, John Hamm, Charles Harris. Yeah. I'm not going to spoil other members of the cast here, but like Bashir Salahuddin, uh, Hondo. Yep. Loved him. Guy in the chair there. We had Phoenix, Monica Barbaro. Top really Gun liked her. Is yep. a good uh, spinoff uh, series on Paramount Plus. I would say uh, we had uh, Bob, who's a funny little character there. Lewis Pullman. That guy needs to be cast in every horror movie that Paul Dano is now too famous to take. <laughs> good, I love that. That's perfect. Yeah. He will fit uh, those roles because he's white with glasses, but also a good actor <laughs> and funny. And yeah, no, pe- uh, Jay Ellis, Danny Ramirez, Greg Tarzan Davis—they you know played fight flight school members, and and this ensemble just worked. And all these characters—I mean, it's a generous script where they all have moments. As long as those moments are tied to making Tom Cruise look good, mm-hmm. and I, I fully the aware. world's greatest boomer. I'm fully aware of this. However, they do give each of them moments next to Tom Cruise, and I appreciated that as well. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know that next to maybe below Tom Cruise. Below Tom apt. Cruise, yeah, no, yeah. They clearly on the second <laughs> tier. But they're going to movie star school. It's like you know they're they're learning from their mentor in the cast. Never mind. I'm sure it was a huge opportunity for all of them. They all played their roles beautifully. And this movie was not about anyone other than Tom Cruise to a lesser extent, Miles Teller to a much lesser extent, uh, uh, hangman there. But look at here's where this movie deserves a special achievement Oscar. It's in the fact that every single one of these actors, they were put in a cockpit hanging. However many G's that's crazy on a daily basis, having gone to flight school, having to take all the tests underwater, heading in, boot camp, etc. We have something very special in this yes. film, and that is because none of it is green screen. None That's of because it, Tom Cruise is a madman. Is none of it, it is, is animated. Yeah, He's a madman, and the fact that he brings along this entire cast with him is another par- parallel plot line to the film, uh, production plot line, that is. So this needs to be in the leader for VFX because of the use of practical effects. Uh, this deserves an honorary Oscar. This is where I will defend this movie full fledged. The the first one of the first thoughts I had leaving this movie was okay. I have two grades for this. One of this is a grade as a movie, and the other is a grade as an experience. And this movie is an ex- why you need to see it on the big screen is because of the experience. We don't have anything like this. Like these actors have to act in real G's, in real planes, with their life really on the line in certain aspects. It's unbelievable. And I think the cinematography, whether you you nominate 
a military coordinator who's flying the plane with the camera on it, mm-hmm. shooting everything. If you nominate him along with the DP, uh, excuse me, Mr. Claudio Miranda, I'm fine with that. Yeah, I mean, Miranda's won for Life of Pi, and he's been nominated for Ben Button. Oblivion, I thought, looked great, too. He is a great cinematographer in his own right. But, like, the cinematography of this film, whether it's just a sunset or it's muscles on a beach or it's just these (laughs) insane views of all the landscapes and flying. How do you capture all this on film and make it look this cool and this exhilarating? It's great camera work yeah it is i would i have no qualms about this being nominated for cinematography either at this point although if it is nominated for cinematography and if they do present those nominations on the actual oscars telecast i do demand that the snippet for the oscars telecast for the cinematography category be the uh beach football scene (laughs) yeah i'm fine with that uh with all the cutaways Mm -hmm. to flexing it's fine and dance flexing in this movie i think they're it's last movie was just pure flexing and high-fiving this yeah. movie is dance flexing. The sport got so much dumber. Is there a running competition to have the stupidest sport in any mainstream, high-profile, big-budget movie right now? Because between yeah. Gucci, mm-hmm. the Northman, mm-hmm. and this movie, where offense and defense are played at the same times, guess what? That's just a track meet. <laughs> That's yeah, not it. football. Those are just two people running in opposite directions if you're playing offense and defense. Will me and the staff that I'm a part of draw plays for dogfight football over the summer? <laughs> yeah, we're bored. We will. You can't! We will you no, can't! Uh, we will. We will. Uh, because the guy running... The pattern straight up the shoot, you know, essentially the, the like the. They're what? all running pattern straight up the shoot. He's That's also the a pass rusher. He's also a pass rusher. But you got to activate the offense and defense at the same time. If you activate the end defense at the same time, that game gets a little interesting. Let me tell you how that game goes. You have two people lined up across from one another. Somebody snaps a ball. Those two people run right by each other in opposite directions, and they don't stop running. <laughs> Or There's all, no tackling. Or There's the, no touchdowns. <laughs> that Whatever's shown in this movie is fake for this fake sport they created. Yeah, I'm not going to die on this hill, but I, I enjoyed the scene <laughs> nonetheless. Uh, you said VFX. Is Best this... picture you said. <laughs> I did. And I do. But look, VFX, is this even in the parameters of visual effects anymore? I think it should be because stunts are essentially relegated to that category. But this is, this is the... This is why we need a stunts category, period. End of story. Yeah, I I mean, I completely agree. And this, amongst many other reasons we've talked about, is why we need a stunt category. But I don't know, just knowing that it's all, and maybe this doesn't fall into any purview of any category whatsoever, which is why it should be mentioned for an honorary Oscar, regardless of anything. I I, I do think this deserves some sort of recognition for the feat that they're able to pull off. Uh, Finally, I think, well, we'll get into the sounds, but sound design should be nominated. No question about it. Like this is, this is the leader in sound design. I would be shocked if a better sound, you know, design is is we get a, a better one later in the year. And this is also the muscular kind of action movie sound design that typically wins at the Academy Awards. Yeah, I do wonder how they made some of the. Like, did you just have a microphone, a boom up to a jet engine while it was taken off? Like, how did you? I don't know do some of this stuff. Yeah, uh, it's uh, incredible, incredible. Mm-hmm sound mix here uh score song how much of the score is original 
Yes, the Lady Gaga song is probably a front runner. Does that last? Is it a great song? I don't know. I know Eric Weber loves it. I don't know it's if I song. love it. It's a good song. And you know why I I, I love it? It's, it's use in this movie. It plays in the background at the bar before it plays in the movie at the end. Mm-hmm. But it it's also the melody for the original score. And Lady Gaga is credited with the original score, which is also very cool. There you go. Uh, I did not know that. So uh, that's good to know. And it, and. It's Lady Gaga. She's going to get nominated, Probably. right? So, look, for an over-under, we're talking a lot. Look, so sound design... I'm trying so hard not to give your best picture take anything. But, but seriously, sound <laughs> design and VFX, those are 100% yes. Unless they're, unless it's not considered VFX for the right. reasons you talked about. Well, yeah. it's, it needs to be an honorary Oscar or VFX as a front runner. But fine. Sound design is 100% yes. I would say song is very probable. Yeah, I would I say agree. VFX is still very probable. Film editing to me is the other no-brainer. And it's another editing job that's been awarded of the last 20 years. Well, in the, the last 20 original years. got nominated for it. Ford v. Ferrari. Yeah, I mean, th- this is superior to the 86 original in yeah, terms of editing. I agree with that. But this, is, this flows beautifully. And we've said this about that composition award forever. You know it when you see it. When you have a movie that is it just has is paced so well, and it, it just it feels like it's a smooth pacing. Hollywood eats it up, and it not it doesn't just eat it up for the film editing nominations. We've seen so many Best Picture winners that have been impeccably well paced nominated in that category before, but we've also seen genre pieces win the category time and time again that are also really well edited, that feel like big Americana hits like this one. It, it does flow together beautifully. It's much more better composed than the 86 original is, obviously. So what's that, five now? So look, I think if whether you call it VFX or an honorary Oscar, that counts as one. Sound design and film editing, that, that makes three. Song makes four. I am not going to say that adapted screenplay will be there or lead actor will be there or sporting actor. I'm not going to say that. I don't believe in it. I, I will pound the table for cinematography. but Well, this you, has to be the technical darling pick then. Right. But, uh, if, I mean, I, I can see the path you're laying out. It makes a lot of sense. But you usually only get one movie in the best picture category. I mean, now, again, we're dealing with static tense, so who knows? Things might change. But historically, with the 10 nominees, you usually only get one that's like the technical one. I think cinematography should be there, and I think if you add the honorary Oscar and VFX, then that makes six before Best Picture. So again, I think the Best Picture case is something I can make as a pundit. I don't think I'm out of bounds to say that this is, like you said, the technical achievement Oscar and and the representative thereof in the Best Picture race. I can see it. I mean, you make a good case for it. I will just be offended by it. <laughs> I don't think you should. I think you should embrace the love. You're gonna be a boomer soon enough, even though they'll but have a different name for you. What are we rewarding? We did this movie already. We're awarding th- this movie already. Plus, that's something extra special. And there's something extra special times maybe three. You know, there's a triangular 
triangulated something extra special. One is Tom Cruise still being a movie star and still being awesome. Two is he gets his whole cast on board with his crazy, doing spectacular things, real-life stunts on screen. And three, I just think it needs to be a, a thumbs up that there's no bad scenes in this movie. Everything works. That's not true. It, that's it that's is, patently false. It is a perfect movie in that there is no imperfections. <laughs> that, is, that is that is the most egregious statement you've ever made. You sound like me. <laughs> I love this movie. And I think it should be nominated for all my favorite awards. I couldn't my even tell if you were joking there. That's how that's how golf the deep end I think you are with this. Take your family, take your friends, enjoy going to the movies again. See this on the biggest screen possible. Mike, I have not seen this on an IMAX or a Dolby yet. Did you see it on something special? No, just a regular movie screen. Movie screen and it I will be well going enough. back. 100% I will be going back to see this on a special format. And I, I just got to say it. I, I think this movie's going to even, you know, the grade's going to go even higher, I would say, because this is something special, like a Star Wars kind of movie. And yeah, you're, you're right. It's not something that nobody's ever done before, but has anybody ever done it this well? That's my question. Few, it's a, few people it's a, have done it this It's well. an amazing experience, but it is a cheesy movie. I agree. But <laughs> audiences love corn. Audiences love cheese. I've been called a mouse before by girlfriends <laughs> because I eat a lot of cheese in general. I don't know if that's something I should admit uh, in public. You and your little brother. I like cheese. Yeah, no, it, I'm a family of cheese heads, even Tears though I'm not from cheddar. Wisconsin. Yeah. <laughs> Let's spoil it. Spoilers ahead! This is a spoiler warning. This is the spoiler section for the movie Top Gun Maverick, the Oscars profile brought to you by Mike, Mike, and Oscar. If you've not seen the movie yet, this is a good place for you to hit pause on this episode. Go check it out at your local theater. We'll be here waiting for you when you come back to hit play on us. If you've seen the movie already or if you're just curious to hear our thoughts about the plots and the twists and turns that are within this film, this is where you want to be. All spoilers from this point out. Top Gun Maverick brought to you by Mike, Mike, and Oscar, Michael. All right, so I think my carryover's have to ground this movie a little bit into why it's good, right? And why I think it's great, rather. Because, look, I think the last movie was fun because it was it was about muscle flexing volleyball. It was about way too much time in the locker room. It was it was about a, it was a hot mess, and people were a little bit sidetracked about how hot and how cool it was. To me, this movie works because it's about. It's a great story. It's a, a well-written story about fun things that I like, and I'll, I'll give you reasons why. It's about stopwatches and decimal points, and counting down, <laughs> and counting up, which I love. Yep, it's it about is. big bar tabs on the beach and really fun bar rules, and 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 about sharing that look through the glass when you get clicked kicked out of the bar, and the the last time the bartender saw you, you were getting kicked out for a di- totally different reason than why you have the dejected look on your face now. Yeah. But she's able to telepathically know what you're talking about in the change of tone, even though she has no reason to know what you're thinking, and you're just that in tune with each other. That's not cheesy. Go ahead. Billiards. It's about darts. <laughs> it's about shutting off the jukebox after playing your favorite song, and then letting your rival. Sing his favorite song on the piano. Yep. Yeah, you said and no bad scenes. <laughs> great scene, not a not a okay. not a, not a good scene. A great mm-hmm. scene. Love right. those scenes. It's about sailing 
you know, for your, you know, uh, yeah, where the fuck was their boat shot? By the Al way? Green, no, <laughs> go, let, go, going on the Dexter uh, ship thing from the final season of Dexter before it I was brought care. back. But yeah. here's the thing: I think they're really just the two of them sailing that boat. I agree with Did that. You see and the way else? Jennifer Conley reacts when Tom Cruise like falls and stumbles, and she says, "Are you okay?" I think that was a, a actual blooper they left in, which makes me think they're actually sailing. I it's agree. a wide shot, and there's just the two of them there. Maybe yeah. they have like all safety officers around them, you know, sailing next to them. We don't know. Obviously, well, they have a they have a rig that's big enough to hold an actual camera like that. So but that is like Tenet. Like we're watching that happen from from afar. That's a master shot with yeah, you know, beautiful sound design again. And yeah, there was great drone usage in this movie. I mean, we got which Tom- is ironic considering the plot. Oh my god, we got. Tom Cruise in his real World War II plane. That's his plane, by the way. I think that's his hangar, too, because it has, like, all the old motorcycles, which I think belong to him. I would bet they use Tom Cruise's actual hangar. They use his actual plane. They use, And he, it's just him and Penny in that plane at the end. So we think that I mean, we watch them take off. Tom Cruise is flying that darn plane. Guaranteed. Uh, I thought you were going to refer to the... I thought the warplane was the one that him and Miles Teller confiscate and fly out of the enemy base with at the end. The F-14, the old relic. But this is a movie about (laughs) tell-offs, and you can't do it. You're switching subjects awfully quick there, friend. The screenplay (laughs) is just so delicious to me because I just... I, I love... I love the uh, comeuppance. I love the you're, you're going to eat your words scenes. And this movie plays one after another after another. But the, the what I think is most fun to me in terms of the screenplay is you got you got the comparison to the public. Like you actually see Tom Cruise walk into that diner, point to the glass of water, drink that. And that the was kid funny. Being I like that a lot adorable Spielbergian as many people have said you got these uh references between you know these hotshot pilots in the bar right and you again you just see how special these people are I think which was not necessarily shown in the last movie because they're just kind of all there and and this movie you you have all the send-ups you have Tom Cruise driving the motorcycle to how many old songs that we love I mean, yes, you got the same credit sequence, which is beautiful. But at the end of the day, I do think these messages are better. And it's about teamwork and sacrifice, which is just a much healthier message than the first one, which is just belligerent doubling down on exceptionalism. I think you have good coaching and teaching and teaching moments. Like you have the character of Hangman in the end learning the most important message, which is ultimately what? He's the touchstone for Maverick's former self. He is formerly Maverick. But you have this pay it forward of sacrifice, of the ultimate sacrifice, the ultimate risk, paid forward from Iceman to Maverick. Iceman sticks his neck out for Maverick to basically start the movie as the inciting incident, which we don't know about. And that beautifully paralleled scene with Ed Harris <laughs> to the original film. We have Ro- mm-hmm. Maverick saving rooster then rooster saving maverick and then hangman saving maverick and rooster they all risk their lives to one another and i do think that's healthy just in a general through line but you also have anecdotes to maverick putting his reputation on the line his relationship on the line or at least allowing himself to be the villain in rooster's life because he's sticking up for meg ryan's character rooster's mom he doesn't want meg 
He doesn't want Rooster to resent his own mom. I mean, these are genuinely wholesome, psychologically healthy sentiments here, I think. And this movie's about that rather than the last one where he's just like, I'm Maverick, I'm better than you. (laughs) So that's, again. Except Mm -hmm. the only way this mission gets complete is because he's Maverick and he's better than you. He's not just this Maverick. This is a boomer's wet dream. Yeah, but he movie. also risks his he career. He teaches? No, he does not. He doesn't have a career. His He has no other option. He is going to be fired with the He is I mean, fired, he's, but he's yes. so good that they have to bring him back. He's going to be court-martialed if he doesn't, you know, if he doesn't uh prove to these kids that the mission can be flown and he's a which he doesn't do by the way he proves to he them he doesn't he does not teach them at all he's by a terrible doing, teacher he teaches them by doing because he knows he's a terrible teacher he mentions that they wrote it how many times into the plot Mike? right again right. They argue so away this the is a boomer's wet dream this is this is every boomer who's got to work with millennials in any job and thinks they're useless and can't be taught because they aren't listening to the boomer giving these instructions away and then in the boomer's mind it's if i was only 20 years younger i wouldn't need these kids i'd show them a thing or two and that's exactly what this movie is it's i'm going to show these kids that my boomer body is just as capable as my boomer mind tells me I still am, and I'm the only man that can do this job, and he is. And here's where you'd be right. You would be right if they get shot down, or you would be right if Tom Cruise figured some way out to win the movie on his own. In the he last doesn't. half hour, in the last half hour, it's great. But I agree. that's why I'm saying the message is at least grounded in something healthier than the last movie. He has to be saved. Everything he's built his life on, this last stage in his in his life, to to help Rooster, to basically to help Rooster and to honor Goose. I mean, that's what this movie is about in terms of his motivation. He is he stays on the job because he realizes Rooster is there and he wants to look out for not just Rooster but the rest of the pilots there and it becomes a mentor hero story. But would he have done it had Jennifer Connelly not said those are your pilots? That's the question. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, I get it. <laughs> so, not if, a bad scene by the if, way. No bad scenes in this movie. If Tom Cruise saved the day, there's no bad. That's a great. How can you not love that scene? <laughs> it's on the beach. Don't you want to die dream? So- Here's the thing. Charlie's bungalow is the only better bungalow than Penny's bungalow. Oh, listen, I have fantasies about retiring and living in San Diego someday. That's everywhere I want to be. I agree. So, so again, if your argument is that there's no bad scenes because it's set in paradise. Correct. Yeah, That's I agree correct. with that. It's paradise. Okay. So I don't really care if uh, you, you didn't like a beat or two, if you thought perhaps <laughs> or whole scenes. on the nose. All that we were missing was take my breath away during this love scene, as opposed to the last one. I was cringing thinking that they were going to do the exact same shots because everything to this point, to that point in the movie, had been the same as the 86 version. The 86 version with the dogfighting practice and the, the pissing <laughs> contest, except we get the who's won't get fooled again. And it's also... That was awesome. With, yeah. But I, that's the thing. Like, it's just enhanced. I think that's going to yes, be Yes, it's polished. I agree. It's, it's polished, updated. It's polished. And it's, it's beautiful. Enhanced. And I ultimately think it's not as stubborn and as thick-headed as the last film. And You're probably film, right. But here's my counter to that. It mm-hmm. couldn't be. It wouldn't get made. Like, you have oh, to good. put 2022 semblances 
and sentiments We've into this. Progressed then. That's the whole thing. Like the ending of this movie, the last half half, half hour of so this So you're movie. basically I mean, I guess my argument is that you're basically giving it credit for getting the green light from a major studio like Paramount. Because it wouldn't otherwise, if this was as pig-headed and as misogynistic as Top Gun 86 was written, there's no way it gets made. And you know that. Correct. However, they could have phoned it in more than this. I mean, we've seen how many. How many? Okay, and this brings up, I mean, you're not wrong. I don't disagree. But this brings up the argument I was talking to you about earlier. You can't phone in blockbusters anymore. And I think the Academy is going to eventually start coming around to blockbusters because they are so good, and that's the only thing we're going to have in theaters in a little bit. But you can't just make Maverick, you know, Top Gun 2 anymore. You have to have some heft behind it. Right. And I I agree with you, and I I actually quoted you in uh, the episode with Nick from uh, Gold Standard there in that same point. You made it just more succinctly right now. I I, I think this movie, as a blockbuster delivers all the goods of the original plus a lot of the new school polish. I, d- I don't disagree with that at all. I com- I completely agree. The only and difference between opinion is extra. that is it best picture. So let's let's just talk about the finale though because yep. the fina- cuz we basically have them storming the death star. That's the mission yeah. parameters that we get the with briefing. the exact same shot too by the way. We get the briefing at the end of the 20 minutes and recent activity mentioned is a lot of a lot of, of our friends have mentioned the whole Death Star comparison. But again, if you're going to copy somebody, copy Star Wars, and it, sure. it, it does work. But it, it's a re, it's a really cool. They're copying the Force Mission Awakens approach. So why not? Yeah. <laughs> if you, you're going to copy, copy the best. But all right, fine. Look, we have we have this, you know, the attack on the Death Star as your whole through line. And I'm thinking, all right. They're leaving the dogfighting a little vague, and they're inverting that in the plot to where that's the first thing they practice. Because they know the goods delivered of the first movie is that fun and games, early act two, you know, basically, uh, whatever, mano y mano, uh, what do they call that in video games? Two-player mode or whatever? Yeah, versus mode, I guess. Versus mode, yeah. It's a versus mode sequence, and that you have to have that in the movie. But they actually structure it here as the last of the tests and i figured all right we know what's going to happen in this movie they're going to do the trial they're going to do this run it's going to be harrowing because we see tom cruise essentially prove it to the kids at the very end Mm -hmm. but he hasn't been able to get them all through it yet but fine he's going to get them all through it goose is going to overcome his demons maverick is going to you know save there it's going to work there's going to be like a last second miscue but they're still gonna win and that's what i thought was gonna happen like oh one of the lasers won't work which fell through right and they still got the two miracles however the dog fighting at the end which i thought was just gonna be all right maverick and rooster they help each other boom done no i did not expect both of them to get shot down and i thought that was a brilliantly framed dilemma for for rooster and for for maverick ultimately in the second you know kind of reaction because rooster saves maverick and we, and and that's his dilemma like is he going to go back and save maverick yep. and ultimately that's the paying it forward of the sacrifice angle and and he learns from maverick and not what maverick said cuz maverick's a terrible teacher he's always said don't think just do bullshit 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 no the last movie what he learned from the last movie was wrong what really works in terms of being a soldier and what they're preaching in this movie, and I'm I'm spoon, I, I'm I'm eating it. 
you know, without chewing it, I'm just swallowing it, is that you sacrifice for your your brother in arms. Right. And, you, and they do that throughout. And I just think that's an awesome that's an awesome message for once in one of these movies. Uh, so the fact, the whole last twenty minutes where they have to just pretend that all of that is joyful. It's so much fun. They have to get into the F fourteen, then they have to pretend not to, you know, to they have to pretend to be one of the bad guys, and then that doesn't work. Holy shit! They're in a fight with fifth gen fighters, and he's got to do that pilot shit. Oh yeah, my it's, god! It's super fun and it's super emotional, and it's it's. Like, it makes it the greatest movie of all time. I agree. The last half hour is, is really, really fun. But it's so over the top. I mean, like, that's what you're signing on for. That's what... that's. What but that's what I didn't expect. I did not expect to be surprised in the finale. I, th- I kind of was lulled into the sense that I'm getting what I'm getting, and they're going to do it well. I'm not going to get anything greater than that. And I got something greater than that, which is why I'm so over the moon about this film, I think. Did you, you think that, uh, that Maverick was going to die at the end? No, I didn't think he was going to die, but I didn't think he was going to get that dire. There was a second where I thought they were actually writing him out. Maybe. There was a second where I was like, oh, they're actually like, this is it. He does. He told them he doesn't want to do Top Gun 3. And then to have Hangman come in at the last. I mean, that's beautiful. It was. I completely agree. The last half hour, maybe it's more like the last 40 minutes or whatever it is. But that that was new and it was innovative. And I think that's what needs to be celebrated. And if you want to make the argument that we don't get there without the first like, you know, hour and a half lead up. I get that, except that to celebrate the first hour and a half is to celebrate something that we saw 36 years ago and just got updated with a bigger budget in 2022 sentiments. Is my argument. I know I don't, I don't, I don't disagree with that. I, putting the argument that, out there, but. that does work as a misdirect, I would say. So I the agree. subversion, the, the last half hour is a subversion to an extent, and it's a light one, but it is. It's a gently, it gently rolls you over into a pile of flowers and we all giggle. And, well, and it's absurd. I mean, to see those two guys just walk through a battlefield, an active battlefield well, on the tarmac. It is a bombed out thing where they, they there's I mean, soldiers running like everywhere. <laughs> there are soldiers running everywhere. So why would they get noticed running into one of the relics? There's, uh, wait a minute. They're fight. They're the opposing uh, battle pilots. Just are in completely let... different uniforms with completely different shaped helmets. It's all gray. How do they know? It's just... <laughs> just let them have this. Just let me yeah, have right. well, this. That's just let I mean. the I do. It's have. fine. It's fine. I am. I have. I was not arguing it at all until I see you and your people tell me how this is the best picture. <laughs> all right. Look. Look. Like my first two... thought, Mike, was does yeah. he actually think this is a best picture or I does do. he think this is best picture in the way I wanted House of Gucci to be best picture? Because that's no, what I, I genuinely felt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Here, I'm just coming off of, look, I just, I'm going to be more pompous here, but I'm just coming off of my best year ever predicting. I'm coming <laughs> off of, I had a movie in August, which I, I did say, I did say if it's in it, it, it could win it. And I did say it should be a best picture because it felt like a best picture to me while I was watching it. Yes. And I did pick it. You and, did? Yeah. Yeah. I got that feeling from this. I got that feeling, and my ra- my ira- my irrational brain is going over the moon. Like I said, I'm jumping out the window on this movie. I love it. I'm jumping out the window naked. I'm going streaking, going past the gymnasium. I get it. I know. I fully realize what I'm doing. It's insane. I'm out of my mind. I, but you're not the only. Like I, I'm in the mind. I feel like I'm crazy. <laughs> How, but look at but why is why do you I know I'm crazy because you're and I feel like you're in the majority I feel like there's tons of people that feel the same and yes it's I'm recency pounded. bias and it's always like this when the movie first comes out and blah 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 
I'm pounding the table, but here's the thing. When you break it down, this movie should, should have five Oscar nominations plus a special achievement Oscar. Why is that not a best picture? If Ford v. fucking Ferrari was a best there, picture. And there again, is that's the easy comparison. Yes, I agree. If, you know. Why is this not a best picture nominee? I'm not saying it has to win best picture, Mike. I just want it nominated. I want it in the because, 10. I want 10 more million more dads to watch the Oscars I'm this year. I'm offended by the story of this movie, I think. Because I don't understand what... I, I mean, I... It's that much of a technical marvel. Okay, then why wasn't the first one nominated for Best Picture? It was more of a technical marvel when it was done 36 years ago. No, well, this one's more of a technical marvel because they put the actors in the planes. Again, they're actually filming uh, okay, these freaking okay. planes. I mean, there was people in the planes. They just happened to be Navy pilots. They were at future astronauts. Yeah. I we mean, hadn't this, shot planes like that for for a cinema before, though, is my point. It had never been done. This time put, it's done. There's just, like, I, and I'm not trying to minimize at all what the, yeah, I'm just, I just editing. don't. I just don't understand the best picture angle. I just, I sincerely don't. And the story doesn't help it out. The main part of this story is Tom Cruise does Mission Impossible shit. On the Top Gun set. I think the main part of this story, number one, it, it flows and it weaves together brilliant, it, beautifully. I won't say brilliantly. I'll say beautifully. They just, it's a great pop song, right? And, and why can't the Oscars be more like the Grammys and that great pop song that is always effing nominated at the Grammys when it's done so well, just nominated at the Oscars. Again, I'm not saying it has to win, but I think as an Academy... Don't overthink it, guys. There's enough special here to to put it over the top, to quote-unquote transcend the genre, right? You have a, a great popcorn movie, yes, but you also have something extra special. And I think Wouldn't in the... Wouldn't this underlie the whiteness problem if this look, is nominated this movie in all these is categories? inclusive. This movie is inclusive. It's not uh, equal. It's, it's not... Uh, equality. It's the a movie about a couple white guys. The seven most important people Correct. attached to this movie are all white men. It's a movie about white, white men. men. It's a movie made by white Produced men. Produced by it's white men. Written by white, white men. Yeah, that's, I mean, like, that's what I there mean. Are, there are litany of other characters in the ensemble that are not white men. The female and characters have aren't moments. necessarily treated well. The minority characters they, are, sub, I mean, they're not subservient, but they're minor roles at in best. Ter- in terms of the negatives on this movie... I would say this movie could be next level triumphant and pr- maybe a best picture front runner if it was if it had more equality and in, in, in that respect if the if if hangman was phoenix right right sure if uh if the admiral's daughter was the admiral you know it might it might have been a different story if john ham's character was jennifer connell i don't know i think the military is is not where it needs to be, but it is more equality. We talked about it last time. It is more equal. We talked about Charlie, who became the head of the U.S. defense uh, mm-hmm. under Obama. We we talked about the real life Charlie, right. Charlotte. She be, she became in charge of the military for uh, several years. So we know that the military is evolving and progressing, and they could have shown more of that progress in this film. They showed some, uh, you know, characters have moments, but no, you're right. It's in, uh, it, it's it's below Tom Cruise. We know that. Does that mean this is a bad film or, you know, can't be 
the best film? Maybe. Uh, in terms of the best film. I, but does that mean it's a bad film? No, I don't think it's a bad film because of that. No, I, I, I'm not trying to say it is a bad film because of that. I'm just saying, I mean, if you're going to have the popcorn blockbuster breakthrough in the best picture conversation and finally get there and be taken seriously as a winner, I I'd rather it be one that's, yeah, I, I know you I do. do. I'm just trying to like find a, put a finer point on what I'm trying to say. No, and it's, and it's, a, and it's an important point, and it is the important point. And if this movie is held back and is underestimated, it probably should be for that. And they had every opportunity to fix that in this movie. And, and, however, they do they do include a lot of uh a lot of nationalities there's no, there's, in the ensemble. There's not a, there's not a necessarily a lack of representation in this movie. It's just that they're not it's it you know the major roles behind right. the camera and in front of it are white to men. To the point though that a lot of people are cheering in the audience like it's just an yep. accepting audience. This yeah, is, yeah, I, this I, is an right. invitation to you know, a mass audience. And I think that, but that's also why I say that, that white old man Navy vet who said, I can't wait for this to be on DVD. That's the personification of this movie for me. Right. You're not wrong about that. And, but and I get it. I get it because we're so mad at the, that age group, let's just say, and that demographic. Mm -hmm. We're mad at that demographic. Demographic has ruined the country Mm -hmm. for a while. So yeah, it's fine. I, I don't disagree. And we're trying our damnedest not to become that demographic. So, when we when we want something good for them, I agree. I don't disagree with you, and if that's the ultimate shortcoming and what holds it back, I I don't disagree with you again. However, it's like the greatest movie about white men ever made. <laughs> I mean, can we say like if you're gonna make a great movie about white men, this is the one, man. <laughs> <laughs> this is a white man hero worship anthem. <laughs> Tom Cruise is the hero we've always dreamed of. Oh my god! It, look, it's a very, very me, good movie. It's very. If you well tell done. me Going Clear Two is going to come out, and there's going to be a lot of backlash to this down the line because of his affiliations, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, I wouldn't be shocked in that respect either. But I'm just saying right now. Give me 10 more movies better than this, Hollywood, or else nominate this. Simple as that. It is going to be interesting to see what's to come. Uh, I mean, there's obviously no backlash towards Tom Cruise for any of the Scientology stuff. He just had his biggest box office debut ever. Uh, You know, it's going to be fascinating to see what projects. Is he still going to be the action guy? I liked my heart was smiling when I saw that he found a way to rope in another sprinting scene in this movie, even though it's about <laughs> airplanes. He's sprinting through the snow in his in his pilot's outfit. And he's sprinting through the uh, beach with a football, right. double touchdowning. Right, surrounded by, on the by other side. 20-something-year-old men who are all ripped and jacked out of their minds. And then there's but Tom he also Cruise. takes a hit, though. He takes a hit. He gets crushed. <laughs> Just, it, it, I'm just fast. I, I'm very much wondering what's to come next from Tom. I mean, we know the two Mission Impossibles are on the horizon. We've seen the trailer for the first one. Dead it's due out next yeah. year. Looks good. It, it does. It looks. It, it looks great. Um. So, where does he go next? Do we get some kind of? Well, to space. We know. We, well, he, I mean, for Mission the, Impossible, yeah, he's going. But we know that. Yeah, he's, <laughs> no he's doubt. In space, right. and he's going to be on Twitter. That's what we know. <laughs> <laughs> so he At is the just the middle-aged white but man it's, instead <laughs> he, he's yeah. a middle-aged white billionaire he wants to go to space <laughs> and he says outlandish shit on twitter instead of watching decimal points we'll watch him tweet mm-hmm. in space mm-hmm. that will be the movie i am scared to ask what your grade is on this movie it's an a movie for me 
I just think it's it. Look, does it set out to be the greatest film of all time? In in that sense, no. Does it set out to be the most important movie of all time? Absolutely not. And it is not the most like if this has to be the most important movie of the year to win or be nominated for an Oscar. All right, you got me. However, what it sets out to do, it's the best executed blockbuster we've seen since, in my opinion, Avengers Endgame. And probably. that one probably. that one had such a longer lead up to this yeah. uh, in terms of, you know, story buildup, serialization. I mean, it had so many advantages to this movie. Top Gun Maverick is an A94. It's an A movie for me. Oh, man. Why should an A9... I mean, it's the first A since 2019. I had three A's in 2019. I had uh, uh, Parasite, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Avengers Endgame. This is on that level. And I've had some A-minuses since. I loved Spider-Man No Way Home. I love... You know, we we love some movies. You think this movie is just as good as Parasite? This movie is on the level... Of Parasite, however, they're different genres. I understand that Parasite is going for entirely different story beats, but in this, the success that Parasites has, executing its story genre, executing what it's trying to do, this movie achieves the same level. I think this movie is just as good as Parasite, but my ranking on Parasite is much different. Look, it is it's a diff, it's apples and it's oranges. I will say that. We've said that about Best Picture forever. But in terms of Top Gun Maverick achieves what Titanic achieved for that epic level genre. But, all right, but this all right, is the relax, epic of today. Relax. This is the epic of today. This is the reboot quilt. It made 300 is, million. It didn't make a, you know, this chill. This is the greatest <laughs> reboot quilt ever made. We've seen relax. this freaking trope how many times? And we've we've reviewed some great ones. I think I'm Scream was you. a great one. Is there static Hall- on this line? <laughs> Halloween Kills was a Halloween uh, remake was a great one. This is the best reboot quill. Period. End of story. The best made reboot quill. And if it's about filmmaking, if it's about screenwriting, if it's about the performances, this is the best made one yet. And and look, I have a popular taste. I get it. I've always had. I but this is the best made re- remake. You period. are usually so straight lined and see both sides. And I'm the one that always spouts this hyperbolic nonsense <laughs> on a regular basis. And you have to rein well, me in. He's going to come out tomorrow. You have yelled all... at me for saying, how can you say things are so definitive? And you're ending this episode saying this is the greatest. No, I, am, quill of all time. I am jumping on the freaking sofa next to Oprah right oh, now. Man. I am jumping on it. I am just, I'm out of my mind for this movie. I think it's a great movie, period. And look, at is it going to be the best movie of the year in the eyes of the Academy? Probably not. I, I would bet against it. Is it going to be nominated for Best Picture at the end of the year? Yes, it is. I think they Jesus. will nominate it. That is my prediction now. David as Long, of we got to get odds. Find us June odds to first. If, if Top Gun Maverick will be nominated for Best Picture, yes or no? Top Gun Maverick will be nominated for Best Picture. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I, I'm okay. out on the limb. It's going to be nominated. As an experience, much in the way that I felt about Apollo 11, Yes, it's an A. You should see it in a theater. It's a popcorn movie all day. It's a great summer blockbuster. You want to beat the heat. You want to kill a couple hours. You got some serious shit going on in your life. You just want to escape and be engrossed in something. It does all of that for you. I I understand. It's fun, Michael. You can oh, it's say a ton it. of fun. It's, it's a ton fun. of fun. Absolutely is it fun. It's a ton of fun. Is it problematic for the reasons we talked about? Maybe. But it's also a ton of fun. As a movie, 
I am a story junkie. I am in awe of the technical aspects of this. And if it does get to Best Picture, like I said, you have a good Best Picture nomination case because you're writing the coattails of all the technical aspects of this movie. And it is a movie that has technical aspects that are quite unlike anything we may have ever seen before in Hollywood. I'm such a story junkie that I cannot get past some scenes in this movie and some story beats. And the other story beats come straight out of four decades ago. So to me, we've been here. This is a 90s movie retconned and, and adapted to some. It's the 1986 movie shot with better cameras and a bigger budget. <laughs> but I think it's better written. I it think is. It, it is. Better I don't disagree experience. with that. But that means so much. A bigger budget will movie, help you do that, though. But here's the thing. Top Gun 1986 delivered one fun scene after another. It wasn't yes. one good scene after another. You get... One well-executed scene after another, delivering all these fun goods, and you build the plot structure around the fun goods. Like, there's actually a point to the shirtless football game in this movie. There is a point. He's That is the team-building point. Is there? Is, is there really? Is, His explanation to John Hamm is, here's your dean. Hey, here's where I'll bring it home for you. Uh-huh. This is the Mighty Ducks 2 moment. This is where they go to the rinks and just play. Mike, this is in Ted Lasso where he just Mike, takes them to the. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. Would you nominate Mighty Ducks 2 for Best Picture? <laughs> if Mighty Ducks 2 was nominatable, done better. Yes. Damn it. Yes. Wholeheartedly. Yes. I'll I'll high five your friends later when I see them. Uh, I, I know I'm still fans. giving this. I'm still giving this a B plus. It's a it's a it is a strong movie. It's a fun movie. That does mean something. Fun in the theater means a lot to me. Story I think is weak, and I think we've been here for a lot of this movie already before. But the last half hour, last forty minutes, 30, 40 minutes are unlike anything we've seen, and it's uh, anything we've seen in a Top Gun movie, I should say. And it's really emotional. I mean, I I got started getting goosebumps at the end, so like I was I teared up emotion. multiple yeah. times. I teared up multiple times on both viewings, and the end is just so sad. Yep. Like this movie, were like the very very end when they're getting off the planes. And they have all the, you know, high five hugging moments. Mm-hmm. How, how can you not tear yeah. up? And you got Lady Gaga belting it out mm-hmm. finally after a whole movie of just hearing her in the background or just hearing the melody of the Hold My Hand song. Yeah. They're holding their hands to the song. Do we get another one, do you think? With Tom Cruise? <sighs> no, I don't think we do. I don't think so either. That's my instinct as well. I think we get another movie, but I think it's all Miles Teller. I think we get a Paramount Plus TV show. <laughs> maybe, yeah, oh. maybe another movie. Maybe another movie. Teller wouldn't do that, though, would he? He wants to be in movies. He is featured on a Paramount Plus TV show, the best one yet, with the offer. <laughs> now, when you say best, again. <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean, as House of Gucci. That is where I am. You know, I full I'm fully with my eyes wide open on that one. On this one, I got my eyes closed and I'm throwing a dart, hoping it's a bullseye, just like my man Hangman. Can you believe he hit that? Unbelievable. I believe it though. I guess so. It's not unbelievable. I'm amazed we didn't come to blows in this episode. We found we found a comedy. I mean, it's a good movie. It's a good. Movie. It's you're a really ju- good movie. You're just nodding your head and just flipping me off. There were point. times yeah. where I just I just laid back and let you go because I knew there was no no sense in me trying. So <laughs> I have enough rope in this episode forever. Any any credibility I had. The first person I saw say it was best picture worthy was Ricky Valero. 
uh, of Music City Drive in there, and then my man, and, and my then man. I saw you jumping in trip. on it, and I was like, "What the hell is going on?" <laughs> <laughs> I always said, Ricky. Smartest man. On Meanwhile, I'm literally in the hospital all week reading this shit. <laughs> Did I overdo it though? I said one tweet that all it said was "Don't overthink it, Academy." I'm on a high, whatever. I mean, but I resaw the movie. I went to, again to confirm, confirm how over the moon I am about this. So it's look. I, if I, there's I, ever a war movie that comes out where the answer at the end of the movie is the two guys just walking into enemy territory and doing nothing and just stealing something with no yeah, resistance whatsoever, I don't want to hear a fucking it. peep out of you. <laughs> if they make jokes about it, it works. If they are, if they make <laughs> hilarious jokes about it as they do it, and you you give me the whole you know oh shucks here we go. <laughs> If you give me that feeling of 1980s movie joy, like of the Goonies, like of the, I don't, like of the, uh, what's the movie with the Wolverines? What's that movie? The X-Men? No, no, Wolverines, the Red Dawn, oh, Red, Red Dawn, <laughs> that Red Dawn effort. What do you call that movie with those it. Wolverines there? This is like the uh, new Red Dawn. I know the Red Dawn tried to be a reboot cool of its own yeah. right and failed yes. miserably. Flopped, but this yes. is Yeah. I would like to know if that one, like, was the defense the uh, the bad guy piloting real too when he does that maneuver in the plane to avoid the missile? That Miles Teller is like, what the fuck was that? Oh yeah, was that the one CGI shot? No, yeah, I, would, I think that I was. I would real. like to know if that was real or not. Um, I don't know. I look real to me. Did look real to me, but everything looks real, so I don't know. Uh, it was the one F word of the movie, by yeah. the way. Worked. Again, they even timed the one F-bomb to be just brilliantly timed, perfectly timed. Again, it's just a well-executed movie. As good of an execution as you can get. That, that's that's my thesis. I'm, I'm happy you're happy, but there's a part of me that wants you to go back to see this for a third time and just get this like, oh, no, feeling. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to see it again. I'm going to see it in Dolby or IMAX, though. That's my... But that's the thing. Like, am I going to come out of an uh, finally see this in IMAX and saying that it's worse? I can't no imagine way. that. Yeah, I can't imagine that happening. Because I'm going to feel, I'm going to feel all the other goodies of this. And here's the thing: I'm probably not going to see this movie before Crimes of the Future. I'm probably seeing Crimes of the Future first. <laughs> so anything. That's I a see whole other conversation. If people had the yeah. gall to leave that showing, I tweeted about that. Too. Like, what? What were you? What did you expect? <laughs> This movie's gross. Yeah. Yeah, it is. This it is David is. Cronenberg. Have you met? <laughs> anyway, different yeah, conversation for a different episode, I suppose. But uh, we could wrap up here. As always, dear listener, we want to know what your thoughts are with Top Gun Maverick. Do you think it's a best picture, quality picture, or do you think it's falls a little short, uh, like one mic or the other says here. We want to know all that as well as any other thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns you have about anything we do here in the MMO Empire. As always, you can leave us those on our social medias. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook and Instagram, at MM and Oscar on Twitter, Mike, Mike, and Oscar at gmail.com.com. And on Reddit, we are available wherever you do hear podcasts. If you're listening to us on either the Apple Podcasts or Spotify app, if you appreciate what we do, if you would be so kind as to leave us a five-star review, those truly help us out a lot. Michael, tell the good people what's coming next from us and let's get some words of wisdom to end on well i think we need an oscar race checkpoint or two maybe next maybe the that next over under episodes. idea you i don't know if you want to spoil it now but that that thing you pitched uh, i love it right is really good yeah that's a great idea yeah. and it, it was started on matt bellany's the town but they didn't go through with it they just said like 
uh, on a scale of one to ten, what do you feel like this blockbuster mm-hmm. is going to do? But they had varying. No, you and I could come together, yeah. come, and we would really. Enjoy, I think I would really enjoy it, and I know you would really enjoy yeah. it. You study the box office in terms of the numbers, like anybody. So we should do the box office over unders. That is. Probably a full episode, never mind a full segment. Yeah, like I don't that. know if we should try and get a guest on there with us, but I tell you, that's got to happen. And, and next week will be a good time for that to happen um, if we can get to it. Uh, we otherwise we have to play some catch-up with Can Mike. we got some big winners, Triangle of Sadness, Broker, Decision to Leave, uh, Close, et cetera, et cetera. You know, we want to finish out that uh, kind of one, two, three series there. I did two episodes, or I did the second episode for us. I probably should have just capped it on the can stuff. I don't know why I had to do another half hour. That was exhausting. I don't know but, how you uh, did it. Good job. I, I mean, I know you did, an I hour. Think you did a great job. What is wrong with me? I, anyway, I, <laughs> I tried my best, but I, I think I was fast and snappy through the can segment. I, I recorded it in three sittings. So maybe that was the problem. I was trying to be perky for three sittings. But trying anyway, to put yourself uh, together like Vigo in Crimes of the Future. Piece but by piece. I t- but here's the thing, like we want to talk the big picture industry stuff. So I'm glad I got into some of that with uh, with Nick from Gold Standard on the on the Best Picture History show. So we got that, uh, it, it, you know, in the can after the How to Fix the Oscar stuff. So that's that's like good and therapeutic and good for the soul of an Oscar pundit when we can hit shows like that in the off season to kind of recontextualize ourselves. Now the fact that I've come out of that thinking Top Gun Maverick is the best movie of you know the year so far. <laughs> what does that say about me or, or Nick or whatever? I don't know. Well, you, you be the judge. Apparently, you're a stern judge right now. I just want Maybe you to be you're... like this for every blockbuster. Like, I hope when we do Elvis, you're like, oh, my God, Elvis. <laughs> greatest movie of all time. <laughs> <laughs> if you're the judge, you're the judge from my, cunny, my cousin Vinny, though. Yeah, or who brain. framed That's... Roger Rabbit, either or. <laughs> <laughs> I have to win you over. Like, uh, like Joe I Pesci killed your brother, and I talked just like this. We're making dueling references right now. <laughs> Neither of us will budge. The two what? Making sense. The two utes. The two utes. Anyway, uh, how have we not done My Cousin Vinny as a retrospective yet? That's, I that's hope they reboot movie. that next. That is unrebootable. Unless it, no, I mean, he could very easily have... His, uh, oh my God, especially after that uh, Karate Kid show is a hit on Netflix. Who? Joe Pesci. We're not wheeling Joe Pesci out to reboot my cousin Vinny. (laughs) He's 90 years old. He looks like a... He, he, he had like his last moment. He got his nomination. We're good with you're right, leave you're Joe right. Pesci. But what if he did? <laughs> All right. He doesn't just come back for Scorsese. He comes back for my, my, my great-grandfather, Vinny. Yeah. My racist Italian uncle, Vinny. <laughs> <laughs> my racist great-great-great-uncle, Vinny. <laughs> All right. We got to end this. No, yeah, was, this was here. fun. I appreciate this. Uh, what Words of wisdom. I have no leg to stand on in this episode let's don't just think, say just do don't think just do right there don't don't think just give it an a just let him have it that's all i'm saying that, that is my words just let him have it just let your uncle have this movie please oh guys when reality sucks according to one mike at least you can just watch the greatest movie of all time in top that's gun right. maverick and feel better about all of it we are mike mike and oscar trying to make award season year round without the stuff in this we will see you all very soon see ya